it's easier to find properties that need a little bit of TLC, sometimes a lot of TLC, so that the property values increase. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible, and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, i check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. And this show is all about helping you move your real estate investing business forward with giving you the best advice ever from the best ever guests. We've had Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad Poor Dad, Barbara Corcoran. Um, I had Robert Kiyosaki CPA on recently, Tom Wheelwright. And that episode is number 387. I highly recommend checking that one out if you want some good uh, tax tips for real estate investors. And today I am so pleased we've got an all-star who started her career really early in real estate and has just been rocking and rolling since then. So with us, we've got Ashley Wyshynski. How you doing, Ashley? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Ashley, as I alluded to, started her career early. She bought her first place when she was 21 years old and became a mortgage lender at the age of 23. Then she started her own property management company at 27 and today has a real estate portfolio at the age of 30 worth over $1.3 million, actually 1.35 to be exact. And non-real estate related, she is a mama of twins and she's based in Essex Junction, Vermont. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much. You want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Sure, absolutely. So when I was 21, I really wanted to own my own place. So I bought myself a condo and planned to live there forever. But as for most people, plans change, sometimes very quickly. Uh, so that place ended up getting turned into a rental when I moved in with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. His name is Bruce. And 
to top it off, when I was 23, I had the opportunity to become a mortgage lender. It wasn't anything that I had planned for or dreamed of being, but it just kind of was an opportunity that fell into my lap. The place that gave me the mortgage for my first property needed a mortgage lender and they offered me the job. And I would say that was getting that job was so influential in our investing career because it gave me really the inside scoop on which financing programs would help get us closer to our goals of, you know, funding a life of freedom through rental real estate. Oh yeah, I I think that's that's great. I have a, I have a lot of questions just off what you said. I would challenge you on the fact that it just fell into your lap because knowing that just, I mean, we've only been talking for like five minutes, but just knowing your background and just this so far our conversation, both while it's being aired and the couple minutes before it, we started airing, I suspect that it didn't just fall into your lap. You also used those skills that you have to also kind of show that you were a good candidate and then they wanted maybe perhaps actively recruited you to be the mortgage lender. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Is there any truth to that? <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> Just really quickly, how did that happen? How did it come about? I mean, you got a loan from this organization, this lender, and then did they say, oh, by the way, I have we have a position open or was were you asking? I mean, how did that transpire? And did you not have a job already to get approved for a loan? Sure. Yeah. So... I'll try and answer this quickly because this could go on forever. Um, But I had lots of jobs at the time and I was also finishing up my degree. And I had this dream. I've, I've always had the entrepreneurial blood running through my veins and I knew I wanted to own my own business. At that time, I thought I wanted to open a coffee shop. So one of my jobs was working at Starbucks so I could learn how to make coffee because I didn't really drink it myself. And (laughs) the hours were really tough. You know, I'm not the greatest morning person. I had to be there at like 5 a.m. So anyway, I learned what I needed to learn. And the credit union that I got the mortgage from was hiring at the time for actually a back office, you know, paperwork kind of person. And I, you know, went in for an interview. I got that job, worked in that job for three months. And then um, the mortgage lender position kind of opened up and moved into that. What did you learn? You mentioned that you, as a result of having that position, you got an inside scoop on financing programs that made the most sense. What did you learn specifically and what type of programs do you use and do you recommend? Sure. Yeah. So I think that for folks who are willing to be flexible and live in the properties that they buy, even if they intend in the future for it to turn into an investment property. I think that owner-occupied financing for multifamilies, especially FHA, is a fantastic program. Typically, it's 3.5% down instead of having to put 20 to 25% down if it were a straight-up investment. So it's a great way to get started in rental real estate, kind of get your feet wet as a landlord and not to have to have a huge quantity of cash to put down. Absolutely. And have you used that program for, well, first off, how many, your portfolio is worth 1.35 million. So how many units is that in total? So total 10 units in four buildings. Okay. 10 units in four buildings. So can you do the breakdown for me? Or do you got a duplex or what, what do you have? Sure. So two duplexes and two three units. Okay. Two duplexes and two three units. Did you buy, 
what type of financing did you use on each of those? Sure. So one of the duplexes that we own, I bought it in 2009. I used FHA financing for that property. And then another financing program that people may not be aware of is um, we used conventional financing with 5% down for the house that we currently live in in Essex Junction. And it has an accessory apartment above the garage which is awesome because it helps to subsidize our living expenses. But instead of having to put the 20 to 25% down, we're able to get into it for just 5% down payment. Because there's an apartment above and so it's considered, help me understand that. What Say that sure. again. Yeah. So it's basically the way that we're able to do it is because it's zoned as a single family plus an accessory apartment instead of being zoned as a duplex Got it. So it's zoned as a single family. And because it's zoned as a single family, you get the owner occupant type of loan. Is that what right. it is? Yes. Okay. And there just so happens to be an apartment that if the apartment's not zoned, then is that on the up and up? Oh, the apartment is zoned. It's just not zoned as a traditional duplex. Instead, it's zoned as a single family home with an accessory apartment. So typically in this area, even if you were going to buy and live in a duplex, you'd need to put 20 to 25% down unless you want FHA. We had already used up our FHA loan. So we just use conventional financing with 5% down on the single family home, which happens to have an accessory apartment, which is legal. It's just a funky piece of financing that most people don't know is there. Got it. So in order to, um, so my, my questions are all with kind of the, the purpose of trying to replicate what that, what you just did for the best ever oh, listener. Sure. So how can a best ever listener replicate that? Yeah. Well, I think whenever somebody is motivated to invest in more real estate, whatever they can do to make their own financial situation better is always helpful. So for example, we pay $600 a month to live in our house and we're able to use the extra money that we would pay towards the mortgage to save, to put towards a new property. You know, it's just a good opportunity financially. Because you put less down and you've got someone footing the mortgage bill who's living in that apartment. Totally. How does that layout work? Is it just like a a shed that's not attached? I know it's an apartment, but is it just like a, a standalone building that's in the back? Like if, if someone were to drive by, it looks like a, like a garage or, or something? Sort of. Yeah. So it's actually all attached. Um, but we live in, you know, the old farmhouse part of the house. And then the last owner in 2005, they built a huge garage that has an accessory apartment up above. So we don't actually share any walls because there's a breezeway in between the two units. But it's, it's kind of nice because it provides each of us privacy. They have their own deck on the back and it's a nice setup. And you used FHA financing for the first one. Yeah. And I, I believe there's a couple exceptions from what I've been told, but I believe you can only have one FHA loan at the at the at the time. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Outside of if you move to a place and your work forces you to move there and I think there's another exception, I forget what it is. But and you said you got conventional financing with 5% down on this one. Like, What type of lender is giving you 5% down on the property? I believe that you know pretty much anybody who offers Fannie Mae loans would be able to do that. It's just 5% down owner-occupied financing on a single-family property. 
Okay. And then your other units, how'd you buy them? Sure. So those, the two other buildings we moved into commercial financing to buy. So one lender required 20% down payment, but then their product was an adjustable rate mortgage over 20 years. And more recently, we've used a local bank that requires 25% down, but they have an amazing currently 15-year rate that is fixed. Okay. And and why is that amazing? And then the first one, the adjustable, why did you point out that it's adjustable? What's the significance of that? Sure. So when an interest rate is fixed, the great thing is that as long as you have that mortgage, you know exactly how much you're going to pay for principal and interest. It's never going to change. With an adjustable rate mortgage, the interest rate is typically fixed for a certain period of time, but then it can adjust and it adjusts based on market conditions. So your interest rate does have the ability to fluctuate with the market and potentially go up to make your return on your investment not as ideal. Okay. And you said you did get the adjustable? We did get the adjustable, but since we purchased that property, we've actually refinanced into the 15-year fixed. Got it. Okay. And what are the numbers on the very the last property that you got? The rate? No, the like how much did you buy it for? What's the sure. what was what's the rent? Um sure. did you did it cost anything to to get it to be moving ready? Absolutely. So we bought it for $316,000. All of the units were occupied when we purchased it. The basement apartment needed a lot of work and it's still being renovated. Currently, we we think we'll have it rented out in the next month. Yeah, so the rents are about 13 to $1400 per unit in that building. And it's a 3 unit, right? Yes. Okay, and you said they're about how much per unit? 13 to 14. 14. So 14 times 3, 12, 3. Was that 42? Did I do that right? Is that 4,200? That sounds about right. Yep. Okay. So it's bringing in 4,200 a month and you purchase it for 316? Yes. Okay. And how much did it cost for that basement? I know you, you mentioned it's still being worked on. Is someone living in there right now while it's being worked on? Oh, no. It was a full full-on project. Got it. All right. So how much uh, would you say that's going to cost and how long have you been working on it? So we budgeted $34,000 for it. We've been working on it for about two to three months. It can be hard to line up contractors and get them in there. And when you finish it, that's when you expect to get about 1400 a month for it? Yes. Got it. So you said all units were occupied when you purchased it. Did you end up kicking out or did, was the person on a month to month or how did that work with the person living in the basement? Sure. Yeah. So the previous owner, we negotiated it into the deal that they would give notice to the tenants that they needed to be out. I believe it was by June 1 of this year. Was that just for the basement or for the other two units as well? Just for the basement. And then with the $34,000 that you budgeted for the renovations, uh, was that inclusive of everything on the property or is that just the basement? Just the basement apartment. And did you have to uh, renovate the rest of the place? We plan to do that when those units turn over. We have some really you know, good tenants who are living upstairs and we don't want to move them out before they want to. And will you be able to increase rents after the renovations? Yes. What do you think you'll rent them for after the renovations? I think 15 to 16 is likely, somewhere in that range. 
And what do you budget for those renovations? Those ones are going to be a lot less expensive, like taking out carpet, putting in vinyl plank flooring and new paint. So I'd say maybe five grand per unit. Awesome. That's great. So spend 5000 increase rents by 200 So 200 uh, It's at $2,400 a year. So almost a, a 50% return on those renovations for those other two units. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty sweet property. Great opportunity. With the $34,000 budget for the basement, how are you financing that? Was that just cash out of pocket or did you build that into the financing? Yeah, that was built into the financing. With this whole renovation with the other properties, do you typically buy properties that you need to put money into or are you typically buying more stabilized properties? What we've found is that we're finding that it's easier to find properties that need a little bit of TLC, sometimes a lot of TLC, so that the property values increase and we get to experience the appreciation um, based on the improvements and you know we get to get higher quality tenants who are able to pay more in rent. Ashley, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say for people who are focusing on rental real estate, it's super important to make sure that you have a solid property management plan in place before you purchase your property. Yep. Completely agree, my friend. So I I think everybody, well, everybody should intellectually agree with your statement. Now let's talk about how to put that statement into action. How do you, if you're not in the market, how do you have a solid property management company in place? Sure. First of all, I think it makes sense to interview people in your local area, figure out what their process is like in the whole, you know, property management realm. Also find out how much they charge. And, you know, if you're considering doing property management yourself, I definitely recommend researching local laws. Sometimes cities or counties have rules and laws in addition to states having specific regulations. So those things are all really important. And qualifying tenants Once you get a tenant in there, it can be really difficult to get them out. So before you let them in, make sure that they're the type and quality of tenant that you're looking for. So we talked about having a solid property management company in place. And then the couple questions that we should ask, and then you transition into if you do self-managing, the couple things to look for. If we are hiring a property management company, so back to kind of the first part of it, where you said interview management companies in the in the area that you're investing in the local area you said ask them about the process ask how much they charge what other questions if we're talking to a property management company for the first time what should we be asking them i think it's really important to get a feel or idea of how they communicate with and treat tenants So, you know, that's something that's a little bit hard to put your finger on. It's not as easy as asking, how much do you charge? Um, But that respect is really a two-way street. And I believe it has to start with the property management company or the landlord. Um, So I think that is super important to making sure that it's a successful relationship. And how the heck do you determine how they communicate and treat residents by interviewing them? Well, you could ask if you could call some of their tenants as a reference. Um, And maybe when you're speaking to them, just get an idea of 
like how they talk about the tenants or experiences that they've had. I think sometimes language, the language that they use can give you an idea of how they think about tenants and uh, may relate yeah. to how they treat them. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. When you you self-manage, right? Well, we have a property management company. So right. yes, we, we <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you not only self-manage, but you also manage for others. Yes. Do you manage in Essex? Well, Essex, I'm not familiar where exactly Essex Junction is in Vermont. Is that next to a larger city? Yes. So Burlington, Vermont is the city and I'm doing air quotes right now. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because it's not really a city. You know, if you compare it to a bigger area, um, it's a great town. There's, you know, the people around here are super friendly, even in the dead of winter. Um, there's a good, you know, workforce and, you know, just quality, quality people in the area. So we invest in and manage properties in the greater Burlington area, which is also considered Chittenden County. I get a lot of, I actually know a lot about Burlington because I have Google alerts for Burlington, Kentucky, because I've been looking at property there. And every, I say every week, I get daily alerts. Every week there's news that's mixed in from Burlington, Vermont, about Burlington, (laughs) Kentucky. So uh, I I always learn, I, I know a little bit more than what I thought I'd know about Burlington, Vermont. Well, who knows? Maybe we're calling your name to invest here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll be as objective as possible when I just say I'll leave it at maybe based on the stories I've read about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, only bad stories usually make the news, right? That's true. Yeah. With the properties, and and then we're going to go into lightning round. With the properties that you manage, what is one process that you have in place with the management that you found to be incredibly effective and quite frankly profitable for yourself and your clients? Qualifying tenants and making sure that tenants are really clear and aware about what their responsibilities are so that they can follow through. I'm going to get into some specifics on those. How do you qualify them? Is it they have to make a certain amount of income Based on how much the rent is, criminal check, credit check, what? how do you do it? Sure, yeah. So credit check, criminal check, landlord reference. We like to see that the rent is no more than 40% of the income of everybody who's going to live there. And we also ask for documentation from the tenant. So pay a stub, a screenshot of their bank statement just so we can see that they've got some money available in case of an emergency and a picture of their photo ID so we know it's them. And how do you make sure that they are really clear and aware of the policies and their responsibilities? Well, our lease is very clear, but we also have a one-page document that just kind of goes over all the important parts. You know, like, how do you pay rent? If there's an issue, how do you handle that? And, you know, there's a different procedure if it's an emergency than if it's just, you know, a loose doorknob inside the house. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. I know you are because you were taking notes earlier before our call, so I'm excited to hear your answers. (laughs) Here we go. First, a quick word from our best ever partners crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. 
That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. Ashley, what's the best ever book you've read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Robert Kiyosaki's been a guest on the show. Feel free to Google Robert Kiyosaki, Joe Fairless, and you shall hear that episode. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it? Having kids. I never thought that I'd be a stay-at-home mom, but at this point, I can't imagine working outside of the house 40 hours a week. My kids have learned to, have taught me, I've learned to be more patient. And instead of always pushing towards the future, I'm also learning to appreciate the here and now. Best ever deal you've done? I would say it would be our three unit in Burlington. And why is that the best ever? Not only was it our first official investment property that we never lived in, but we were able to renovate it increase the value and a year and a half later get a cash out refinance which we used to buy the three unit in Winooski. I just love cash out refinances because they're tax-free. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's amazing. Best ever project you're excited about right now? So I've got a couple things. First I'm excited about a new market that I'm looking to invest in in Vermont working on some partnerships and possible owner financing to make that happen and I am also taking on new clients through my business, realestatefreedom.biz, where I help people to basically build more financial freedom in their life through investing in real estate. Best ever way you like to give back? So when I was 19, I volunteered for a year with a program called City Year. It's an AmeriCorps program, and I got to work in a third grade classroom in the Bronx, and I got to take care of kindergartners at an after-school program, and I really believe in community service and giving back, and that's what I've done. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? So this is something that's impacted real estate investing, but also the rest of my life. Sometimes my ego can get in the way. So I think for the best ever listeners, if you know, you're know you a real go-getter and you want to get stuff done, I think it can be really important and helpful to sometimes leave your ego at the door and not take action or do things because it's what you believe is right, but really work towards a solution that is equitable for everybody involved. And Ashley, what's the best ever place to reach you? The best way to reach me is through email at ashley at realestatefreedom.biz. And what's your website? It's realestatefreedom.biz. Ashley, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners. It's really enjoyable to just talk to you because it's like when you talk, you're, you're talking with a smile and we haven't met in person, but it's just, you can just tell that you're just smiling and you're just enjoying it. It's just, it's just nice. It's just, it's just, it's just really comforting talking to you. So thanks so much for being on the show. In addition to making me feel comforted, thank you for giving your best <laughs> advice ever and talking about the, the different financing programs that you use from FHA. Completely agree. We've, we've talked about that on the show where if, if you're going to do investing, then the best thing to do, or depending on your goals and, and a bunch of other things, but just generally speaking, uh, the best thing to do is to live in a property, live in one side, run out the others, uh, and get that 3.5% 
financing for owner-occupied financing and then your $316,000 project where you've got the budget that was built in you've got some rents 4200 once they're all leased and the type of returns that you're looking for in that market $200 increased once you do the renovations about $5,000 a unit and then talking about your experience with the property management and how we should approach property management when we're finding the partners in different markets. One is to know the process. Two, and process also ties into the technology that they have. We didn't mention this, but certainly the technology that they have and they implement because I've worked with property management companies that are great and our experience in the market, but they simply don't have the technology to keep up with what's going on right now. And it's really important that you you learn their system and you get access to the type of reports that you'll be receiving and you know how they do budget variance and things like that. And then how much they charge, get an idea of how they communicate and treat their residents. Tough to kind of tell on an interview, but as you mentioned, you can pick up some the ways they describe their tenants and working with them and, and the different words that they use. I, I definitely agree with that. And then respect is two-way street, as you mentioned. So do they treat them with respect and and setting the expectations with the residents? So thank you for being on the show. And also, I'll I'll mention one more thing. When you talk about qualifying tenants, making sure that they're really clear, doing the the credit check, background check, all that good stuff, but then making sure the rent is no more than 40% of the income, which is another tactic that the best ever listeners can implement. So thanks so much for being on the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Joe. Best ever listeners, do you remember episode 195? It's titled How to Become a Billion Dollar Developer. Um, Quite an impressive title. Well, imagine the man behind that title, Mark Massia. He's a friend of mine. I met him in New York. Oh, I met him through this show, and then we um, just really hit, hit it off in New York whenever I was living there. He has a company, Massia Development. You can check it out at M-A-S- com, And it's not for everyone, but if you're interested in investments in retail and medical office, so only retail and medical office that provide stable cash flow, then you need to talk to him. Talk to Mark. You can email him directly at invest at com. That's invest at MessiahDev.com. He's a great guy, really accomplished. And if you're into uh, investing in retail and medical office, stable cash flowing properties, then you need to talk to him. I'm not making any commissions off of this. I just, I I believe in what he does and I believe in him and uh, highly recommend you talk to him if that's what you're looking for.